This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to the grim darkness of the 41st millennium. I'm Inquisitor Temperance Price, keeper of the Inquisition's Black Library, and this is the second volume in a report on the Valentine Heresy, an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40K's Dark Heresy RPG. This report features Game Master Ryan Laplante and players Tom McGee as Interrogator Nero Abagnale, Laura Elizabeth as Piper Fairley, Tyler Hewitt as Seth Corbin, and Del Borovic as Sister Rolien Mina. The Inquisitorial Band was once again forced to make difficult decisions. Owing Lucia Bain a favor, Seth tried to persuade the rest that Vance was Hermonovus and must be executed despite a lack of evidence. Piper agreed mainly to protect Seth from Nero finding out about the favor, and an overly medicated Olien was thrilled at the idea of bloodshed. What will Vance's death mean if Krongus Marcus is in fact Hermonovus? Find out next in this episode of The Valentine Heresy. An audio recording from the personal notes of Fabius Bile. It is not love that guides my hand, but necessity. If a hundred must die to preserve a thousand, so be it. If a million here must perish to preserve potential billions in the future, then I will gladly cut their throats myself. I will do what must be done, whatever the cost. There's a bit of an ethos mix here between Fabius Bile and the Inquisition. Because you all know that sometimes you have to do what must be done no matter the cost. And what you have done this night is destabilize a house uh, that is at the core of the artiste system. Roberto Vance is dead. And over the rest of the quick propaganda that you engage with before you carry on your night, you learn that the Vance family and house are being taken over by House Cologne. Obviously, this will not be an easy transition because Vance is not going to be willingly passed into new hands, but it does leave uh, the ruler that you've seen be relatively sane compared to the rest, even though he's insane in public, uh, with some more political clout if he can stabilize this under him. However, this is the end of an intense evening. Uh, you are back in your apartment. Uh, and before anything else can happen, as the vid the vidcast is playing on one of the big screens in your room, uh, the front door opens and Warden enters. Uh, a little bit singed on his outfit. There's some smoke uh, and ash you can see on the side of his face. But he is otherwise completely uninjured. 
Uh, what do any of you say to Warden? Ah, uh, welcome back. You look marvelous. Oh yeah, hey, welcome. Uh, glad, glad to see you made it. There, uh, champ? And I'll just give him a weird look like Nero doesn't really know what affectionate term to use with Warden, but he tries for that and just pats him on the arm. Is there any possibility that Warden could be compromised? Um, as I think of him as, uh, uh, in some t- in some cases, he seems sort of almost like a walking computer, sort of like just receiving commands and executing them. Is there any way that in this absence and him being, you know, on the run, that any kind of surveillance device or anything that would uh, compromise his typical kind of, I, I wouldn't say moral code, but his, the, the way he's basically been conditioned to behave. In the, All right. Yeah. Um, I'll give you a pitch. immediately Seth is like, mm, yeah, <laughs> I don't think back, you need but... to roll for this one because I think Seth is fully aware of ways <clears throat> people can be corrupted and suborned. Um, he's not a mechanicus or a servitor in that sense. So there yeah, would be okay. a way to reprogram him. His enhancements don't actually extend into his brain. They are okay. physical and bodily, not otherwise. Okay. The only way someone could change his behavior, you're aware he has been psycho-indoctrinated and spent his whole life serving exactly the purpose that he serves, like trained to be a combat monster to protect slash destroy psychers. So he has no family. He has no friends. He has no interest in money. He's essentially a religious fanatic. So he's not somebody who could be bribed or blackmailed. They'd be like, we know we'll take the psyker away or give up. And he'd just shoot Piper and be like, good, terrorists <laughs> won't have her and then fight. Yeah, uh, okay. Psychic control would be the only thing that he might not be able to resist. You're not aware of just into having that. It's theoretically possible, but the only person to be able to figure that out would be Piper. Okay. All right. Then after kind of mulling that over, Seth uh, would rather coolly just say, uh, Welcome back. And he is warden raises a hand and taps on his arm and says, distraction mission accomplished. And then he just goes and stands behind terrifying Zardoz meat Hulk Piper. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's about time to get me out of this uh, fucking thing. Right. Right. Yes. All right. And then like, is um, Ignatius like nearby? Uh, Ignatius and Invictus have both returned to the building after you did. There was time for transition. They didn't need to stay to wrap up the case. Once the decision is made, Ignatius is an important person in the Magos Biologist, but in terms of inquisitorial retinue, he is just here to help. So he trucked back immediately. And Invictus can look over files from where he is. He doesn't seem to have expressed any interest in, like, overturning your decision. He's going to stand by the Inquisition. So they are both in the the floors of the Bolter Express. So Invictus is one floor below you, and Ignatius is the two floors below that. Yeah, I'm just, like, uh, just kind of signal to, I mean, as much as I can. I guess it's like talking in their minds, right? That I decided yes. I'm doing. Um, so it's like, all right, well, time to get like the bomb out and this like fucking monstrosity off me. So I, I think someone me, take me down. Yeah, I think Mina would step in both because she's been pushing the wheelchair around and also she has to return the, the bomb switch. So she'd be yeah. like, all right, yes, that sounds like something that needs to be done then. Is Warden coming? 
Yeah, Warden's not going to leave Piper's side. So Warden is just like Warden takes his hands off of the wheelchairs thing and steps to the side so you can push it. Yep. Uh, and then he's just cradling his hell pistol, uh, ready to rock. Uh, I'm imagining they're going downstairs. Nero or Seth, are you going to accompany them or are you going to stay up here? Seth sees no reason to accompany them. Um, yeah, I think I would go just because uh, Ignatius is, is my bud. Um, and, uh, I'm also invested in getting Piper out of this thing. So, you know, Mina and I have some skin burning plans. Uh, mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, want to make sure I'm, I'm not late to that party. So yeah, Nero will go to cool. Uh, so all three of you go down to the third floor of the building. So you pass Invictus's floor, probably all feeling slightly better about it as you see the number tick from four to three because <laughs> even knowing he's there has an effect on you and you end up in Ignatius's for lack of a better term parlor uh, the the room where he's got a lot of his his gizmos and, and materials with his surgical suite off to the side and he he trucks out floating as he does because he doesn't have legs and he's like ah you're here so I guess it's time for us to get you out of this uh, meat bag uh yes uh immediately please now now okay the only question i have for you is do you want to upgrade anything to metal because the flesh is weak but the iron is strong uh what can you offer me whatever you want i've got a lot of upgrades i admittedly i do have to take the flesh off to do it but it really comes down to like what do you think's kind of useless i'm gonna tell you it's most of the human body <laughs> again he has just teeth exposed and a little bit of flesh around the mouth his whole head is metallic I honestly hearing that laugh, I'm like, ah, fuck, I don't need to go like more bionic (laughs) than like my already bionic legs. So I'm like, can you just like put me back, honestly, like the way everything was just like. Sure, I'll do that. Exactly as it was. If anything goes wrong, that's when you'll get the robot parts. Uh, Question, Inquisitor. I we have one Recessatrix available here for a member of your party to use. And I have talked to the, the governor well, I guess his son, and uh, he has a Recessatrix available in the Citadel, uh, which would be two members of your party could be put into a Recessatrix. Obviously, if we use one for Piper, it'll kind of, I don't want to say guarantee because there are no guarantees in, when it comes to the human body, but it'll suggest that we might not have any complications from surgery, but then it's just who who else do you think needs the most healing up? You all look like you've had a time. Yeah, My I've, I've had like a serious trauma. time. So like, I would like, yes, literally, literally like erase like the last week from my body. That would be great. Okay. Yeah, you know, I've woken up feeling like that sometimes too, Piper. I get it. Uh, yeah, so uh, if we can do that, uh, get her her back in fighting form, that'd be great. And then, uh, hey, uh, sister, I mean, I know you got a little bit of healing earlier, but... Um, you know, as, as the heavy in our group, you you tend to take the most hits. Uh, what do you say we, we, we get you patched back up, huh? Well, I feel fine right now, but if you think that's wise, then I agree with you. Yeah, look, if the guy who's mostly metal and kind of hates the flesh is looking around and telling us we look like shit, I think that means we probably look like shit. So, yeah, let's, uh, let, let's get some more stim packs or whatever in you and uh, get, get you back in fighting form. Fabulous. I will call the ground car around from Eve Nuln so that you can make your way to the governor's citadel for treatment overnight and then get right back here in the morning. It won't be a problem. Also, the message has been already sent. I'm looped into the new sphere. Let's take some meat off of you. Uh, And he just hovers over and shoves the wheelchair into the side room and surgery begins. Because you have dedicated 
Okay, I'm going to roll the check for the surgery just because I can. But it's going to be an obscene amount of bonuses because you've also got the resuscitrix. I do want to tell him. I do want to just like at the last second be like, oh, by the way, when I said erase, I only meant like bodily harm. Like literally don't fuck with my mind. To be clear. Oh, this is good that you told me because you told me to take off a week, too, because we only did this yesterday. So it's hard to do rejuvenate treatments that only take you back like seven days. It's more like, you know, 100 years are locking you in a physical stasis. And I don't know how that would work with your powers. This was going to be a fun experiment, but now I'll just do my job. <laughs> I. Wow. OK, so I have to be like super literal. Great. OK, no, that's great. That's great. OK. Uh, and then he just says, time for sleeps, and he doses you. So you're unconscious because now he realizes you're going to talk too much during the surgery. So because of the Recessatrix's help, he will be rolling five yellow against a difficulty of three purple with two boost. So that's what we're we're finding out here. Um, I'm going to upgrade one of those using a story point because I feel like there should be risk in this surgery. Uh, what? What? The bomb? The bombs in my head is risky? I, don't, I mean, I don't know it's why. beside my head, but yeah. Okay, one success, seven advantage, and a triumph. Uh, you are all amazed from the outside because you're aware how not great this product was when she <laughs> came out. So as you sit for this, I would say, half-hour stretch, it's much shorter than the previous surgery, you're able to smell burning flesh, you can hear cauterization, <laughs> there are laser beams firing, you see that red light spray <laughs> out the side. At one point you hear a chainsaw, but you're not sure how big it is because he's a small guy, but you know he's really <laughs> strong. Uh, and then you just see him carry out Piper. Totally normal Piper, you cannot even tell there was a surgery, there are no scars, there's absolutely no trace. Uh, and then he takes her over and just sets her down in a resuscitrix and says, it went well, I didn't kill her, and she's unharmed. So Piper, tomorrow you will get your full resuscitrix worth of healing because triumph. So you will heal three uh, health points, wounds, however we want to say it, which is what you awesome. get for being in a resuscitrix. Uh, and you will wake up refreshed. And, oh man, I got to look up a rule for this one. Then he turns to Nero. Nero, did you have, a, you had a grenade before, right? Uh, I've it. been out of grenades for some time, yes. Fabulous. Uh, he takes the bomb that he had originally placed in Piper's head, and he gives it to you, and he just says, ah, it seemed like you had a grenade before when I scanned you, and now you don't. So here's one, uh, and if she gives you that little button thing, you can throw it and then set it off whenever you want. Hey, that's great. You know, um, every good inquisitorial party uh, needs a, a requisitions person, you know, and uh, I feel like you just requisitioned me a grenade. That's that's pretty great. Also, the surgery was was good, like good work there. But uh, this, and I like look down at it, like it's the greatest gift I've ever received. And I just smile and said, "This means a lot. I won't forget this." Oh, that's good. I like being here way better than with Kithane, who would make me do bad things. Okay, uh, I've got to go talk to Seth because he, he had a he had a secret mission for me. But you guys have a nice time. And then he just you hear that little whirring sound as he floats over to the elevator to go upstairs. Piper, you were asleep. So that's just what you're doing uh, as, cool. as the cost of all of your healing. Warden just pulls up a chair next to the resuscitrix and crosses his arms and sits and does that action hero sleeping in a chair facing the door with a gun in hand thing. Very yeah. standard Warden. Meanwhile, upstairs, Seth, what are you doing in this, this moment of calm that you have without the rest of the party present? Um... I think 
if I was able to, I would call Lucia Bain on our Voxcom. Yeah, yeah, you can absolutely do that. Yeah, I would make a call to her. Uh, basically, uh, I don't know if you want to act out or not, but it, it would basically be like, there, we're, we're square, essentially, you know? Oh, yes, of course, of course, absolutely. You know, <clears throat> of course, we're square. Now, now we're friends. You've done these things. You've proven yourself to be a very useful asset. And that may sound like I'm looking down on you as an asset, but the thing to me is assets are valuable and need to be protected. So no, I'm around. We can trade favors in future. You can request them. This is the joy of having a powerful friend. That's comforting to know, Lucia. Wonderful. So now just focus on the race and make me the governor. And then I'll have even more power that I can turn around and use on your behalf. Uh, Lucia, before you go, um, there's one thing I would like you to think on, keep in mind, and that is um, any unusual activity within your own house. I should like to know about it. As a friend and asset, I may be able to assist or investigate. Interesting. Is there anyone in particular I should be keeping an eye out for? You may cast a net as wide as you wish. I haven't had to do a mole hunt in a while. Ah, oh, this will be fun. We'll get to do some executions and clean up the trash. Well, you have yourself a good night. Now I don't need to sleep because I've got some fun to do. And Seth, uh, still, uh, I think, a little unnerved by Lucia's aloofness uh, and how she could crush him with one hand. Uh, well, I think just end the call. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not like good night, not goodbye, just end transmission. Classic movie hang up. And yeah. you just hear a voice from behind you say, yes, I understand that you're making deals and friends for the Inquisition. Uh, you turn around. I think startled in that way Dwight is when Angela surprises him. Just, ah, fuck. And it's yeah. Invictus. There is who a... somehow got into your apartment and is standing <laughs> only a foot and a half from you. He's way too close. Yeah. It's, it is the, 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 the startled. Oh, fuck. And then the, <laughs> You know, disappointed and dismayed. Oh, shit. <laughs> you left combo. me with a task and the Inquisition never forgets. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is Fabius Bile reaching out to all those arch heretics and other dangerous psychopaths out there. There is only one way to truly defeat the Emperor and his pathetic lick spittles, and that is to make sure that they do not unify themselves and their false beliefs and empty gods. They must not join a Patreon. They must never join patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Then our cabal can rise 
to the heights of brutality and cruelty. We can slay every player character, skin the flesh from their bones, and leave them with no hope remaining. Unless, somehow, people go to patreon.com slash dumdumdice. With enough support, perhaps they could stop us. But that will never happen. <laughs> You wanted me to do further research into the myth of Cornos and Isabella. Yes. What have you uncovered? Well, let's find out, Tyler, so we can do a nice little roll for this one. Um, <laughs> Super. God, I fucking love the, Oh, This is great. So we great. will use... Uh, it'll be For this one, it'll be three yellow and a boost will be his score you want me to build uh, against this pool? difficulty three. You want me to build this up? Yeah, yeah. Let's three yellow that. and a boost, difficulty three. Okay. Uh, and then um, right now, the story points, just so you all know, at the, the end of this night as it's played out, you have four and I have one currently. Ooh. Well, I would err on saving. Yeah, I'm not going to use one for this role. Because uh, what's he going to do? Be like, I uncover that you're a heretic. And he just shoots me in the face. <laughs> nah, we're fine. So he does not have his melted gun with him. I'll yeah. tell you that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna roll just as is. I'm not gonna use a story point. We'll save those for the race or whatever is going on tomorrow. Okay. Roll? Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Two successes, two advantages. Nice. Okay. He doesn't know I'm a heretic. <laughs> I have heard back from another source. There was a chance. If I'd only had one could say half of the success I did, it would not have paid off. <laughs> this one. So I heard back from another in inquisitor who has an updated translation of the portion of the myth of Kurnos and Isabella I had given you previously. Uh, he leans in too close and with a strong smell of garlic and you assume some kind of fish, uh, he oh relays uh, the updated translation. So it turns out there were subtle mistranslations in the previous versions. This one Begins, young Count Kurnos, the one-eyed knight, with vorpal blades the darkness did fight. He had lost an eye, and with it his mind, stripped of his memory, his fate unaligned. Blind to his past, with danger ahead, a creature lunged forth and his barons made dead. Riding forth in the night, with no end game in place, the witch Isabella joined him in his chase. They entered the woods, facing challenges thrice, and found the beast waiting to take its blood price. And that's all they've got. There's an ellipsis. No one's translated the next section, but I sent in a request. Mm. Does... Are there any existing theories on the nature or identity of these beast that Kornos and Isabella go to face. It is a uh, deep mythology, but one knows of the Eldari that their fears are the, the chaotic and the warp-fueled. That is why they created the webway, so they would not have to journey into its hellish depths. Mm. So the beast could be quite a literal 
daemon or yes yes it is possible or it could be some kind of xenos beast or it could be some kind of metaphor for their struggles with their parents or whatever else pathetic idiocy that's aliens do i hate xenos so it could be anything well shit yes yes right now you know what I know, for I have done my job. I am the Inquisition. Uh, and he yes, just that's turns. quite enough. Thank you. <laughs> Strides out. He's so infuriating, you yell that at him as he leaves. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and a moment later, Ignatius Ironforth hovers in. I do want to ask uh, Nero, if you had heard that Ignatius had been looking something up for Seth, would you follow Ignatius upstairs so you could find out what was going on? Or would you want to say something to Sister Mina before she exits? Um, I think Nero would know better than to fuck with a, a Seth operation. Um, just because of, like knowing that Nero is not, uh, a, a, an aide to such things. Um, I would probably stay out of it knowing full well, I could just go ask Ignatius later if I, if I needed to, <laughs> That's true. um, but also realistically, you know, Seth's machinations are kind of his own. So no, I think I'd let him go. Uh, instead, um, Stay. I mean, honestly, I, I think Nero is still just reeling from how well that surgery went. He thought there was no way Piper was getting out of that, <laughs> looking like anything but just like just a fistful of stir fry strips, you know. Um, so uh, feeling pretty good about that. Feeling good about you know our, our latest uh, recruit. Um, also, just I think he's just fucking tired. Like this has been. He doesn't quite have the like supernatural resolve of like Mina or Piper or even to some extent Seth. Like. He's just he he's a sleepy pretty boy. Uh, he 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 needs he needs his nappies. Um, so uh, yeah, I'll I'll stick around and just say, um, hey, uh, look, me and I just want to say again, um, you're really you're really carrying us through all of this, you know, um, in a pretty big way. So thank you. Uh, you, you make sure you you actually rest up a bit. You can uh, I don't know meditate on. Uh, you know the big guy and and how how great a servant you are of him and, and everything, or your shield. I don't I don't really know what you guys do, but like do that, whatever that is. You know, for you, do that. You've earned it. She looks genuinely like brightens at that. Like uh, I'm I'm so happy to hear that, sir. And I will continue to do my duty, and most certainly I will I will meditate and I will pray and think about our mission and. And she pulls the like bomb kill switch out of her pocket and she gives it. She here you are. You're quite good with those. Oh yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'll make sure to uh I like look at it and immediately start thinking of how to like affix a cap over the button. Cause I'm like, I, I want this thing just going off in my pocket. <laughs> um but I, think uh, I love that a high like sister Mina has just been walking around with just like a switch. Just like what like whatever. She's had it like in her pocket <laughs> the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> Nero, you look at the side and see there is a safety and you click the safety on and a cap rises up and closes over it. Oh. Mina had not used it at any point, but Jesus. Nero figures it out instantly. Yeah, no, if, if there's a way for him to not accidentally kill himself, he will find it and he will use it. <laughs> so, yeah, he just looks at it. He's like, oh, yeah, that's some damn fine engineering. All right. Um, well, that that uh, and he's thinking to himself, he doesn't say it, but this sounds like a fucking terrible night to him. This sounds like literally the worst kind of night you could have but he knows it's meanest kind of night so he just says uh yeah well um you know uh uh go go with the emperor 
Thank you, sir. And of course, please be well and safe this evening. And if anything happens, send for me immediately, no matter what time it is. Sure. Yeah. What could uh, what could possibly happen overnight in this year hotel, huh? Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just I cuddle the, the bomb a little closer. Uh, and I'll hold it up and I'll be like, don't worry. I, I think the emperor is watching over me tonight. <sighs> yes, I'm pleased to hear that. All right. She pats him on the shoulder like she she's like, I, I guess I shouldn't hug him because he's the boss. But OK. All right. Good night. <laughs> good night, sister. Take care so of yourself. So Don't Mina turns hug your boss. <laughs> Don't hug the boss. Crucial. Yeah. Mina turns and heads for the elevator. Have we decided? I know I've asked this question before, so I'm just committing the cardinal sin of there are times between these episode recordings. Yep. Uh, what is Nero's skill that we have linked with his his template personality? Because he's fought against it before, but I'm trying to see if something would breach that template. We we've been leaning into, I think. It's been a hot second for me too. So um, I think it's been cool sometimes or discipline. I would say as Mina walks away and you feel that the explosive in one hand and the trigger in the other, mm. you find yourself getting hit with flashes of the image of Roberto Vance getting torn apart by the Archaeopter's chain gun. Mm. Uh, and the conversation about kind of the future and doing the right thing combines with that violence and you're getting a flicker of something. Would you actively seek it? Would you fight against it? hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's putting on this like everything's cool. Go about your business thing because he's exhausted. He knows everyone else is beat. But uh, the new man mystery is is clear and present. Sure. But any chance he has to figure out what's going on, because he's also not sure if he's dangerous. Mm -hmm. And that is uh, a great concern to him. Not in the same way Piper's like, is he dangerous to us? It's like, am I am I dangerous to me? Am I dangerous to them? Am I just like, no one just does this template shit without a good reason. And I don't know what that reason is. So, hmm? so yeah, I would, uh, I would, I would chase that while holding a high explosive. Great. Uh, do you think you would change? So the options then, I think the primary ones would either be cool. If you're just going to try to essentially remain in the weird kind of, soft focus mental state that you're in mm -hmm. despite the assault to try to let it break through or if you wanted to use discipline to try to grab onto that memory and yank it towards yourself uh realistically i think you'd go with cool um my i think the idea of actually actively he has had no luck actively digging so i think for him it's it's like going limp in a car accident he just it, it if he focuses he's worried it'll run away um okay. he also isn't like that mentally trained right so it's not like he can be like ah yes i'll go inside my mind palace it's like uh shit this is a, a thing i can't control so i'm gonna just stay real still and hope it i don't want to spook the rabbit you know i want to observe right the rabbit. yeah let's go for let's go for that then that feels like a good check difficulty three yeah. um you do have four story points and i have one all right, I will definitely use a story point on this because right. he's being chill about it, but he also desperately wants it. So we need that to add a green because I was at two yellow. Um, and I don't think I've got anything else that will affect. Uh, I'm going to throw a boost your way because I know what memory is trying to break through and there are physical things that are relating to it. Oh, okay, yeah, sure thing. Uh, yeah, I'll take that. Um, I would... Yeah. I don't think I I don't think there's anything else I would mutter for because I think that actually kind of covers it. So we're looking at one green, two yellow, three purple, one blue. Yeah, let's see what happens. Let's roll them bones. 
Uh, already uh, one success, two threats. Sounds about right. Okay, yeah. Uh, while you're standing there, you feel as you let this weird deja vu sense wash over you. Your, your hands are shifting in front of you, and you only realize it as it's happening to sync up with the image in in your mind. And the the stick trigger ends up turning horizontally and in front of you, and the other hand, which is on the bomb, you can feel it's it's got grooves in the side of it. It's got a, a textured kind of grip. And you you hold the, the trigger to the bomb and you end up yanking it towards yourself. And as it happens, you can feel yourself racking the slide on a chain gun yourself. And in the image of Roberto Vance in your face, it's no longer an Archaeopter firing on Roberto Vance. It's you behind the gun firing. And as you stare forwards, you see a full, fully armored ultramarine just the classic space marine hurling themselves towards you as you cackle maniacally uh, and with your one hand press down the trigger stud and just start shredding through their armor as an archaeopter begins to lift off to pull you out of the zone and they end up falling dead at your feet before you take off at which point you snap back into your body with no comprehension of the context around what happened in that circumstance you just know the pure animalistic victorious hunter thrill of being someone who has gunned down one like a space marine in battle because it makes you one of the primary that's an alpha predator yeah, in the 40k 100%. universe at the very least uh, however uh, as you step back into the scene you just see sister mina walking away and realize you're still standing in the in the resuscitrix room ignatius isn't there and warden doesn't react to the stagger as you come out of it but how do you feel where do you go I think Nero's got like uh, a, a sly smile on his face. Um, my best pull for this is like a Gaius Baltar smile from uh, Battlestar, where he is fully aware of something no one else is and like God. kind of reveling in it. Um, and I'll just nod to Warden. Um, but for someone who feels powerless most of the time, knowing that he's done that makes him feel pretty powerful in a way he doesn't fully understand. Um, the crossfade between the Ultramarine and Sister Mina is concerning, but he's so overwhelmed by just the feeling of it that I don't think he, he really clocks that. Um, and uh, just get into the elevator and I'll nod at Warden. Uh, and after the door closes, I'll just mutter, <laughs> Emperor's finest, huh? Uh, and then I'll punch in the number for, uh, for our room, for our floor. Right. So you begin traveling upwards, no one knowing this terrifying reveal. Uh, I will say for the Tyler and Laura's who may not know as much about, and any other listener who doesn't know a ton about 40K, uh, the Ultramarines are the white knight Arthurian heroes of the 40K universe. Mm -hmm. They're not the people who are morally shady. They run a flawless utopia. It, it would be like seeing somebody gunned down. Uh, I cannot even, we don't have heroes this pure in real life. <laughs> yeah. It would be like, see, you're, you're in King Arthur's court and you just see somebody gunned down like Lancelot and there was no affair. He was just perfect because they're this <laughs> okay. whole fabulous and flawlessly loyal legion. Okay. So it, there are even darker implications to the fact it's an ultramarine. Glad you said than, before the affair because I'm just imagining Arthur be like, deserved it. Like, no, no, not that. That's why I said before when Lancelot yeah, was just you. the best guy ever. Got it. Um, so I just want to make sure I under, 
Oh, I wouldn't know it anyways. So that's okay. You can ask to make sure that you it's coherent. Yeah, was like the vision like Nero as himself and his yes. memory gunning down an ultramarine. the ultramarine. Yes. Okay, I just want to make sure that yeah. Why wow. didn't Nero okay. tell us he was cool before? <laughs> <laughs> he just didn't know. Yeah. Really? That's what. But, that's all. That's all of his like close talking, man. That's all of this. It's just like yeah. it's that confidence, you know, from knowing that he gunned down like in his subconscious. <laughs> you know? I used to talk like this, <laughs> and I killed an ultramarine, and then immediately just kind of oh get God. down here. You know? it's, uh, <laughs> amazing how that works. Sister Mina, you are in the elevator. Yeah, you head down to the ground floor. Eve Nolan is. Oh, dear, come with me. Come with me. She takes you around the back, and there's uh, an armored car waiting to take you to the Citadel. You do have a little bit of a ride. As we said, the, the proto-hive is large and there are travel between the different areas. While this happens, you actually find that your personal data slate does its equivalent of a ring. I'm imagining, what would your ringtone be in a 40K universe if you had a summons on your own personal slate? Oh, I mean, it would definitely be some kind of hymnal, like <laughs> cherubim, Fan, like tweety like it, it probably would be one of like the default ringtones but she's like oh yes it's the best it's it's <laughs> nice what would be, what would be the title of the hymn that she would be into um it would be it would sound all like beautiful and magical and like super uh fancy but it would be named something like loyalty and death perfect <laughs> I, I think yeah. Oh, do you know we'll put, we'll get we'll get that full Latin where it's like loyalty unto death, where it's yes, just yes. That's that's the whole journey. That's, that's it. Oh, uh, love it. And when you look down, you see that you're actually receiving a call from uh, the missionary Vicar Estevez, who you'd spoken Aww. with the night before. Oh my gosh, she's. I, I feel like she was being more chatty with Eve Nolan, so she would be like, "Oh, oh, excuse me, I have to take this," <laughs> and then pick up. Oh, no problem. No problem. You just get in there and she just closes the door so that you can go have your little drive uh, and yep, have your private yep. phone call. So how are uh, things going with your friend? If you don't mind me asking. Mina's like reeling for a second. Like, what is going on? <laughs> and then oh, sorry, she realizes. I'm not great at the whole introduction <laughs> thing because I'm so used to talking to a variety of people. I feel like I haven't left your presence because you've been in my thoughts and my prayers. How oh. is... The friend that you had called me about who is troubled, this friend who was close to your heart. How is this friend? Oh, well, today was quite eventful and a lot happened. And I'm honestly, I'm quite glad that you're safe. I was concerned about you. But my friend, well, actually, I, I feel like a lot of progress has been made only in one day. And, and he seems to be doing so much better. And I have a lot more levity this evening so i'm sorry he yes my friend oh oh sorry it's just most people when they make up a friend that needs advice they tend to stick to their own gender what i <laughs> is this friend I... not you no this is this is my actual friend she says and it sounds awkward because she wants to say boss but she doesn't want to tell him that so you know she does consider him a friend but she still yeah. feels like she's being a little bit shady this is my real friend we hug and everything exactly. <laughs> which hmm i'm not entirely sure that the advice that i gave you the other night would apply to a friend <laughs> 
I'd sort of intended it for you because I'd thought we were speaking in code because you were uncomfortable confessing. Oh, oh, no, Vicar, I would certainly not be uncomfortable confessing anything to you, but I've not done anything requiring confessing, I suppose, aside from lying to most people here, but they deserved it. Yeah, that checks out with me on the scale of things. I'm going to be honest, I live with these people. This place is a bit of a toilet. Um, yes, exactly. And it is so good to speak to someone who understands that. Yes. So, I, I mean, I was comforted when I found out that the the assailant who had been behind all of these assaults this evening was put to death. As was I. <laughs> Excellent. I heard it was a bit rushed, though. Is this true? Do you feel like you have done justice correctly in the eyes of the Emperor? Yes. Honestly, it is a, an unfortunate thing that it was not done sooner for other lives, which may have been good lives, have been lost in the crossfire. So I feel like the Emperor's justice has been done, and I only hope that we are fast enough to stop more madness and useless violence and use our powers for only good, just violence. I have to ask as the GM... <laughs> Yes. She means all of that, right? Oh, She's not lying. 100%. Yeah, yes. that's why I was like, I'm like, he'd check, but I'm like, no, he'd just know that you were being honest because I think he's aware yeah. that you're the world's worst liar now. Yeah, that too. Uh, that, yeah, she tried with him, but no, she legit means that. And when she landed, she's like, these people are trash. We should kill them all. And she stands <laughs> by all that. So, yeah. So, how did this day change your friend? Uh, well, now that you ask, I'm honestly not sure. It seems, well, there were a lot of concerns going into the day and concerns that he might be a bit erratic or lose faith in himself and our cause. But I think everything turned around in the end. And I think the way that the day ended, well, it put a bookend on one thing at least. So... I, even though your advice was not for him, I, I suppose it helped in some way. Yes, well, if, he's, if the only problem that you've seen is that he is lacking confidence, I assume he is either the interrogator, which feels unlikely, or, and I don't mean to be offensive, but this is a private conversation, that sort of glass-eyed, rat-faced man that follows you around. So I'm imagining it's the <laughs> second one. Perhaps that's, you... that's extremely fair. <laughs> and I am sorry to say that that one, our personal criminal, is extremely beyond redemption aside from his duty to the Inquisition and the Emperor. And hopefully a death on the battlefield will see his soul cleansed in some way. Interesting. What order were you originally training with, sister? Oh, uh, I was with the Order of the Holy Word, Vicar. Interesting, interesting. Why do you believe that this cowardly man is beyond redemption? I mean, I do not feel that he is beyond redemption in the future eventually, but I mean, he's certainly not faithful and he kicks and shoves every step of the way, and I don't see any way through to him. Well, then maybe this is the challenge that the Emperor has given you. If you've helped your one friend to solve his problems this day, 
then perhaps tomorrow is the other friend's. Perhaps he needs a shining example to buoy him, to help him find his confidence, to help him become a better man. And who can do that if not you? Oh, Vicar, you are quite wise. Another, another, another thing was set in front of me and I was too blind to see it. You are more than right. I should have tried harder rather than giving up entirely. You oh no, this was not a mistake on your part. You're a master and a mistress of the word. And I am here because I can see through to the soul and the feeling. That is why you and I are a natural conversational pair and such fast friends. I can see that there is a heart in any man and you can see the flaws right upon it. But it's time perhaps for you to change some of those words for as we both know a word is not indelibly drawn. It can be redefined. It can be turned from a fact to a poetic ideal. And perhaps that is your task with this criminal. You are so right. I learned from my time in the order that even the most obscure and evil of Zeno's writings can be converted into high Gothic and look beautiful on the page. So perhaps you can take this lowly man and turn him into something higher and better and holy. I am very glad that our paths have crossed, Vicar. As am I. Now I must return to my duties and I'm sure you must return to yours. But thank you for sharing this moment with me. <laughs> thank you as well and walk in the Emperor's grace. Ave Imperator. Uh, and he hangs up. Yee. Oh it goes God, off. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> I'm giving you a new holy mission of redeeming Seth. I'm writing it down. <laughs> Meanwhile, back in the apartment, Seth, you are sitting there, Invictus is left, and then a moment later, Ignatius hovers in. And he's like, oh, I looked into that hack like you wanted me to do in secret. Yes, uh, Ignatian, uh, what is your report? All right, let's find out, Tyler. Uh, I, 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 yell, I like you rolling it. That's part of the fun. Okay. <laughs> um, it'll be three yellows and a blue and... A green. So, yeah, so that's that's your side of things. Uh, and you'll be going up against uh, difficulty of four, and I'm going to spend a story point to upgrade one of those difficulty. Okay. Whoa. Five. Whoa. <laughs> now, remember what I said about saving those story points? Yeah. Um, I, I got to say that this plot hook has been eating away at me, and I would love some more information. So I, I will spend a story point to really kind of lock this in. I think what we'll say for, for the narrative version of this is you are so concerned about this issue and you were when you mentioned it that Ignatius has actually set aside a small portion of his brain on an mm. ongoing basis to work this mm. in the background while he's doing other conscious things. So yeah, yeah, add that story point. Okay, thank you. One uh, of his multiprocessors. Yeah. <laughs> One of his brains on his brain belts is just doing that. <laughs> uh, ready to roll here, sir. Yeah, uh, let's add, I would say, two. Actually, I will add two boosts because I think you are in the rare situation where Ignatius would instinctively have known that Jacinta's big push could be a factor because that was a pretty overt play against you guys. So he'd be mm -hmm. able to theoretically either move towards or eliminate her. So yeah, add those. Okay, okay. Uh, rolling. Ooh. One success, three advantages. Two, count them, two triumphs. Ooh, damn. 
Well, it's very oh, good wow, news on wow. my that search. That was against difficulty four? That's amazing. That's awesome. Not only have I determined who sent the heck, I've also determined why they're trying to kill you. One could say <laughs> it's two big victories for Ignatius. Uh, and he does a spin, which is disturbingly fast. Like for a person, they would have to move their feet to balance, but he's just floating. So it's just, and he's all the way around in a 360, uh, which yeah. is vaguely unsettling. It, yeah. But he says, I, I follow the hack back to where it's going. And it turns out the message was sent by Jacinta Skull Shield. Uh, she used a variety of different hacking organizations, some on her ship and then a number on the world to be able to bounce it back and forth. And I thought, why would she want to kill Seth? He seems so nice. Uh... I don't read human emotion well, admittedly, but you seem nice to me because everything you say makes logical sense. I am uh, nice. <laughs> says with like just a steely yeah. flat face. Yeah. Ignatius looks at you and says, fact confirmed. <laughs> and you just hear a, a high pitched ding from inside his head as he <laughs> puts that on his assumptions about you list as confirmed. Right. <laughs> now I looked into what happened around the time of Nero's death and it turns out Nero transferred you a hundred million thrones. And then you took that money. And then he died because your friend killed him. So there's a pretty strong suggestion that you blackmailed Nero Skullshield for a hundred million thrones and then murdered him. So if she's operating under that assumption, which is what I would do because that is a lot of money to take from someone and then murder very publicly and say the Inquisition did it when only your name is on it. I think it may be a personal, you stole a bunch of money from my dad and then murdered him to keep the money kind of thing. Right. So if you didn't yes. do that, you're going to need to clear this up. Do you know where Jacinta Skull Shield is right now? Well, if I had to guess, I would guess that she is on her ship, the Draco Valance, along with her armored, you know, regiments. But she could be anywhere because she ran away from the heist. Yes. Right, well, thank you, Ignatius. This uh, confirms some suspicions I had developing over last night. Tonight? I don't know what time is. Um, it's been about, we started talking about this this morning, but I looked into it the night before. It's a thing. It's yeah. a thing and it's fine. All of your flesh is bad at figuring out time. Yes. Quick question. Um, what did you do with the hundred million thrones? Because I think you could do a lot of stuff with that. The hundred million thrones uh, had to go towards uh, inquisitorial interests. Does that mean you're keeping it? I can't tell when people are lying or telling secrets. I'm not keeping it. I don't have it. Interesting. Okay, I've got to go. Uh, is there anything else you need me to look into? Um, do see about tracking down and monitoring that Jacinta skull shield. Like yeah, you said, it was they a lot of money and she may try to exact her revenge once again. Yeah, in terms of passive perception, I can pro I would say I have a 0.005% chance of being able to stumble upon her in the net. You might need to do something more active. I'm going to recharge. Goodbye. Uh, and he just does a rapid spin and floats out of the room leaving you behind, which is where you all go to bed. Piper, right. you were asleep inside a resuscitrix chamber. Uh, you have been anesthetized, so you don't dream 
This is probably the rare night where you're oh. not seeing portents. It's the anesthetic sleep of of just blackness. It's just lost time uh, yeah. as as you sleep away. Mina, I'm you end so, up. I, I would be surprised to wake up. I think <laughs> part <laughs> oh. of me. <laughs> Mina, you are thrust into the weird liquid organic machine that is a resuscitrix yourself it's deeply unsettling to be able to breathe while immersed in a liquid part of you panics instantly but it's highly oxygenated so as it fills your lungs with fluid you're able to breathe throughout it's not comfortable but they add in some you know sopophorics into the liquid which then drifts you off to a pleasantly drugged sleep and probably religious dreams i would imagine after your conversation yeah i, I think that's very fair i think she would just be doing hymns and thinking of passages in her brain and she probably would she probably have like a i imagine she would have a dream about being like in a great cathedral or back like on where the convent was and that it would be like uh wizard of oz everyone would be there but they would all be like religious figures and just hanging out so all dressed <laughs> up <laughs> nice Nero, you've you found your own bed. You can still see the the stab wound in the wall above you that was not repaired, uh, and you drift off from a strange place that's led you into this sleep. Where do you think Nero's dreams take him, and do you think he remembers those dreams? Because he may be more free there, but not in a way that affects his waking life. Uh, yeah, I think it's fair to say that um, he has just glimpses of. Um, I would say probably just like moments leading up to and in and around. Uh, what he remembered like if if his brain has tapped into that piece that's probably what he's getting so i don't imagine it gives him like the full narrative it's just more so like you know if it's in a vaguely lucid state being able to like look down examine the gun examine you know the um the, the copter around him uh details on the marine's armor the weather what you know details of the space and none of it is is informing him of anything it's just his brain kind of sifting through uh the inputs that uh that it, it has yeah you see red earth it's clearly a desert it, it, this isn't necessarily star wars where the whole planet is desert but sure. it's a red desert with, with sand blowing the archaeopter itself is for 40k high end for our world very primitive you can see a lot of the structure and and the bones and the different things that make it up however there is an odd fusion of flesh and machine in terms of the pilot uh, mm. not to the traditional machines plug in but the idea that flesh is overcoming coils and the pilot is bound into this structure and as you glance out you can see the archaeopter wings which are normally metallic similar to a fly or a dragonfly's wings mm -hmm. they're also fleshy and they're bleeding just of their own accord the ship is taking off your gear is worn uh, similar to what you're wearing now mm. uh, you do have the same bolter slung over yep. your shoulder uh, it does have some worn insignia of the Imperium, but you could feel that fear, that terror. You watch the Ultramarine, it's their armor glinting in the harsh light of two suns from above, turn up and gun down another Archaeopter with their bolter, just through the window, take out the flesh pilot, it crashes and explodes. Mm -hmm. You're feeling panic throughout you as you're taking off. And that's when you finally get the chain gun up and operating. It, it's been jammed and you force it and it goes and you see an Imperial hero, the ultimate thing that can kill you or anyone else. And that's when you have your moment of glory. 
Here's the question I would have for you, even in this lucid state. Is there any element of horror to knowing you're killing an Imperial hero or an Imperial hero is after you? Or are you caught up in this memory and the joy of that oh, in I the old there, time? There, there definitely would be. I mean, like from a very meta perspective, we're all aware of like the, the Horus context that we keep kind of quipping about and everything else. But um, I don't think he fully understands it. And between the template and the memories he's often saying things about Horus that he means the emperor and vice versa. Like th there's just so much bleed in his understanding of the world that yeah, absolute horror, but also elation um, in, in not equal measure, but um, you know, it, it doesn't make sense, but also it makes perfect sense. And like, of course. And so yeah, they're, they're, Honestly, if, if we want to break it down, it's pre-template is feeling the feelings of the moment. Template is feeling the horror of that. But honestly, it's probably less about the Ultramarine and more about the fact that his brain was so easily able to jump the track from Ultramarine to Mina. That's, I think, what's actually horrifying him. It's like, oh, I could have been shooting Mina just as easily um, because she would be following the same tenets this Marine was. And I think that's the horror of the dream because you're starting to see those blend as the modern day and the old memories there. But instead, it's you feeling that same animal joy as you gun down Sister Mina trying to get to you. Mm -hmm. So uneasy sleep for Nero. And Seth, you settle into bed and you're ready to sleep. I imagine you're kind of a functional sociopath, so you may be able to sleep without fear or you may be somebody who's wracked with stress. Where, where do you fall on the sleeping scale? Um... I think the longer, <laughs> I think the longer Seth is out of uh, stasis, like how we were deployed at the beginning of this arc, the longer he's out, the more stress he kind of accumulates. Um, so I think this is still within like acceptable parameters to him, but he is basically like the gears are turning where he's basically having to think about all of these different machinations and how he's basically conspiring with multiple different people and how that's backfiring in some ways and how it's paying off in others and how can he make everything kind of work out for him. And Fabulous. So your, but your mind is him. rolling on those and spinning through these ideas and you can't sleep and you can't sleep and you're starting to drift off when your personal data slate beeps. What would be your ringtone if someone important but threatening was calling? What's the? Would you have a personalized one if it was Lucia Bain or do you just have one for whoever calls in? Uh, no, he would have a priority, a priority call, um, alert. Right. Um, and it's just three sort of urgent sounding beeps. Like the beeps themselves have like a nervous kind of feel to them. So it would just be like, dee, 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 dee. and they're like, that's like, Great. that's someone that you don't want to send a voicemail. <laughs> uh and you roll over feeling like you've played the situation as well as you can and feeling like things are as in hand as they can be. And then you read a short message from Lucia Bain that says, tomorrow, prepare for power armor. This episode of the Valentine Heresy features Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter as Interrogator Nero Abignale, Laura Elizabeth at E.L. Hamstring on Twitter as Piper Fairley, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter as Seth Corbin, Del Borvik at Deltastic on Twitter as Sister Olian Mina, and our Game Master Ryan Laplante at the Ryan Laplante on Twitter. 
This episode was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and the Valentine Heresies show logo was created by Decapitated Markers at Decapitated Marker on Twitter. That's M R K R. Our theme song is The Hordes by Megan McDuffie, and our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, provided by freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We have merch dice available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice, and most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Ave Imperator, and death to all the heretics. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. The Half-Blind Prophet, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, Lord Abradovic, Orion Birchfield, Scott Garland, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Cade Peters, Richard Cranium, Anna Zed, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Acrix, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Austin Nut Powers Fry, Stabby Stranger, Roman Brown, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. When Kilner accepted the job of smuggling escaped heiress Samantha Trapp across the galaxy, she expected the job to be over and done with quickly. But now, they're stuck with each other, and they have a job to do. Think of Automnicon as a sort of student loan company. You take a loan from them, and then they own you until you've paid it off with interest. So all I have to do is pay off my debt? Fine, I can do that. How much do I owe? 900,027 credits. And counting. You're stuck here, with me, to work it off. We Fix Space Junk is a sci-fi sitcom from Battlebird Productions, featuring Travelling by Cryo. Don't worry if you feel like you're drowning. That's perfectly normal. Wait, what? Aliens from across the galaxy. Greetings, visitors. Is that popcorn? Hello, Your Excellency. AIs. Dad, how do I do air? You're already doing it automatically. Calm down. And, of course, thrilling and exciting missions in outer space. Hello, valued employees. Here are the details for your next exciting mission. You will be repairing a device redacted in or at the location redacted. We Fix Space Junk is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Subscribe, consume, integrate, indoctrinate, assimilate, degenerate, and watch your body decay into a faceless husk as your mind floats aimlessly in space. Register your interest with Automicon now.